0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another City of Hope Church podcast. This is a continuation of our small group series in which we've been going through the book by John Tyson and Susie Silk called Kingdom Values. This is volume one of uh, a two-volume set and we're currently on our last chapter, our last value, which is power. And so far it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. God is showing up and doing amazing things Uh, in our small groups and and in individual lives and families and it's just been it's been wonderful so far and so today we're going to be diving into power. Um, We're covering pages roughly 151 through 167 in the book for this first part in talking about power. So Clay we open up this chapter and talking, and we've touched on it uh, in previous podcasts, but essentially our current culture, it moves in a direction of kind of hard work, making something of yourself, uh, accomplishing more, making more money, working harder. Uh, we believe that it's kind of our own willpower uh, to do so. And then as the the book talks about on the first few pages, this leads to um, essentially What we think is going to bring us the good life and pursuing these things, it leads to fatigue, exhaustion, and guilt. There's actually a little poem here that I thought I'd read. That uh, it was displayed in the New York City Times Square station, and it says this: Overslept, so tired. If late, get fired. Why bother? Why pain? Just go home, do it again, and so. It talks about kind of being stuck in this um, do it again loop of exhaustion. And even then, when we do experience uh, what we would call somewhat of a success here, chasing those things, it inevitably leads to um, just us not being satisfied. Um, the book talks about this ever diminishing um, kind of return, where essentially, you know, like C.S. Lewis says here, uh, we have an ever increasing craving for an ever diminishing pleasure. So, what once could, you know, we, we get something new, you know, we buy a new toy or we get a new truck or new clothes or whatever. At first, it's, it, it, you know, we get that high almost from that. And then then we get comfortable with it. And then it just kind of fades off into the, we want the next thing. And so it's this constant rat race. And we're in this, this cycle. Uh, and it's exhausting. What yeah. do you think about that stuff, Clay?
1: know the the scripture makes it clear that you know there's this there's this uh there's the life of the flesh and then there's the life of the spirit and all of us have, have lived lives in the flesh where we're striving and there's all these worldly expectations placed upon us to achieve success or get financial gain or wealth or what and so we work our hind ends off you know to be somebody to become something, to gain something. But what we find ourselves in in that cycle is that we're, we're chasing this carrot that we never actually get a hold of. It never actually brings any fulfillment. So in that fatigue and exhaustion and burnout and just being drained as human beings, them, then our main outlet then... Is, is we seek some sort of release or some sort of pleasure mm-hmm. and so we taste that whatever it is and and if anybody's ever done anything in the realm of the flesh whether it be you go in the in the direction of sex or pornography you go in the direction of drugs or alcohol maybe you just go in the direction of maybe you're a good Christian person so you go in the direction of a Netflix binge nowadays either way it just take it, it you'd never get the same feeling you got the first time you did it because you're chasing something in order to make you feel some sort of pleasure because you're just on the grind chasing mm-hmm. that never-ending uh, rat race, basically, to try to find fulfillment and satisfaction and peace and and purpose in life. And uh, he says, at, at first we may try to self-medicate through pleasure, and I've tried that. Mm-hmm. But soon this turns into addictions, and it did for me in many addictions. Escapes, he says, and increasingly empty or dark sin patterns because we are never truly satisfied or st- sustained. And I've been there where I I didn't feel like I was going to be able to reach the point in life where I would ever be good enough or successful enough, and it so burdened me. And I had, you know, I've mentioned it lately, and honestly I never remember saying it as much as I have recently, but I had a legitimate fear of the future. Uh, What could I do? How could I accomplish? How could I actually become anything? Um, And it was that that fear of failure that caused a lot of that stuff that was was coming up in my life, so I began to self-medicate through pleasure, uh, pornography, alcohol, drugs, and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse, but inwardly, I became more empty and more empty and more empty. Now, when we talk about the flesh, one of the things that it says in the book is that what we do in our own strength, the the acts of the flesh are literally just what we try to do in our own strength to try and satisfy our own broken desires. So you're just living life apart from God. Mm -hmm. And, And you're chasing, you're trying to be something. You're trying to find purpose that only God can give. You're trying to have some kind of success in life, but you can't do it. And so when you find yourself in that cycle You end up turning the works of the flesh manifest themselves and he says uh, in Galatians 5 I remember actually reading this passage of scripture and it being a major turning point in my life Uh, but it says so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality Impurity and debauchery. So he actually breaks this down into three categories. And the first category is sexual sin. He always puts sexual sin first because it's really what gets a hold of us all first, honestly. And then he goes into spiritual sin, idolatry, and witchcraft. It's interesting that witchcraft in the Greek language is is actually the word pharmakia. That's the word we get pharmacy from. Mm. It has the, the the Greek definition of is of it is obviously intercourse with unclean spirits or evil spirits, but it's also the use of or administering of mind-altering substances. Fits in that same vein. It's a spiritual act when you get high on drugs, whether you believe it or not. Mm. Uh, hatred, this, this is now social. So you had sexual, you had spiritual, and now you have social sin. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness orgies and the like and I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God and he says all of the acts of the flesh are simply an attempt to find strength and life outside of God yeah and so when you get saved you see, when you're not saved, you just live according to the flesh and you try to find enjoyment in it. And actually, that's uh, there's some people probably even listen to this podcast. Like I know that in our church, we have some people that may, may or may not even be on the fence about whether or not they're following Jesus, probably. Um, but before you're saved, you live in the flesh and you just enjoy it. And you think, yeah. man, this is fun. This is in, this is life. This is what we need. Yeah. But then you start feeling conviction for sin, you know, maybe even through reading of the scripture. Like that, if you're, if you're, if you're like I, I was, and then you realize, oh no, man, I'm trying to not do these things, and I don't have the power to not do them anymore. Mm. I'm enslaved to this. I've got no strength, and and um, and so, you know, one guy said um, that basically. You got, there was an the old, old Indian parable, I guess it was, Native American parable, and somebody said, you, you know, you got two dogs fighting within you, and whichever one you feed the most is the one that's going to win the battle. Mm-hmm. And, and you have an opportunity to either sow to the spirit or sow to the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life eternal. If you mm-hmm. sow to the flesh, you're going to, of the flesh, reap corruption. And in our daily life, what are we spending our time sowing to? The spirit, growing in the spirit, or the flesh itself and letting it bring about more corruption in our own lives. Uh, But I think that's the thing. We can easily buy into the lie that that even if we are Christians, we can make this thing happen on our own strength and in our own power and in our own ability. So we strive through willpower. We try to make an impact. And what we need to realize, and I I think, you know, for me— I tried so hard, man, when I realized that I was in the, the in these addictions and I read that scripture in Galatians, I thought, man, I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So what I did was I, I made a really, really strong effort to stop those things. I said, I'm going to try my best to quit alcohol, uh, I'm going to try my best to quit getting high, I'm going to try my best to quit chasing women and looking at pornography. I'm gonna try my best to quit cussing and being angry and having fits of rage. Yeah. I'm gonna try my best to quit doing these things. Uh, and really, when I first tried to quit, it actually got worse because it had such a stronghold on, on me and I didn't understand the spiritual warfare aspect behind it, uh, but what I did do, is, and, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but what I started to do was I started to read the Bible privately I started to pray privately. And the more that I did, I actually implemented fasting into my life. And so like for a year, I was in this back and forth battle between the flesh and the spirit, Mm -hmm. where I would feel like I won some victories because I'm praying and fasting and seeking God privately, but I'd always fall back into it. And for me, there was like this 11 month journey of God, get me out of this. And then me slowly implementing spiritual practices in the presence of God. I talk about how like I used to, I'd turn my phone off and just drive from Richmond and and I moved in with my sister in Lexington during this time and I'd drive back up there and I'd just go out into a field, man, with my Bible, with my dog, and I'd just pray and fast and read scripture and worship God out in that field. And I was developing this relationship with God and I was starting to realize that I was receiving a source of power from outside of myself. But what it led to for me was not just increasing power, but suddenly 11 months into really seeking God, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit showed up with a breakthrough and that stuff that I could not quit in one last massive failure the night before all of a sudden I have a breakthrough encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit who sets me com- completely free and then enables me not to just live a holy and a pure life free from those addictions but to now actually get in getting God's mission like we just talked about last week mm-hmm. and and so there what I didn't know about the Christian life that I know now that that I honestly sometimes want to tell people more than anything is I didn't realize that there was a legitimate supernatural power outside of ourselves that enabled us to do what we could not do on our own. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I always thought that being a Christian was you say a prayer and you try your very best to be a better person. And really it's super hard, so you don't really do that well, uh, but but you know you, you just do your best and you try to get by and the Lord forgives you for when you just keep doing the same yeah. things. but that's not the the gospel there's a supernatural power that is available for us that we have to tap into and that's what he's trying to get at in this chapter yeah and that's a couple things that I think are just extremely hard for us in the culture that we're
0: in because one you know we're taught you know to, to it's all about you doing it on your own and then also when you talk about like and it's I think it's kind of crazy to me that the Christian faith is built upon like the fact of you know what our belief is in Jesus and him being born of a virgin and coming and dying and raising from the dead in three days. And those things we're okay with. And then when we start talking about like the Holy Spirit and like yeah. supernatural stuff, we get like weirded out by it. Yeah. And so it's like this, this degree of humility that we have to take and
1: realizing we can't do it on our own too. Yeah, so the way I see it is there's basically three types of people. You've got, you've got your sinners – you know, and I've been in all three of these, but you've, you've got folks who are just going to do the works of the flesh and they're going to enjoy it. Like, that's just, they're going to live that life. They don't care. They're not even convicted about it. They don't feel bad about it. They're just going to live that life. They're not seeking any kind of power. They're not wanting to change. That's just what they're going to go after. Then you have your religious people who they want to change. Like, they're aware of the good life. They're aware of, of a holy God and so they, they can go through the ritual, they can go to church on Sunday, but basically they don't have any personal, real deep personal relationship with God where they're drawing power from Him as their source. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to a couple of different things. Either they feel really good because they read the Bible a lot and they go to church every time the doors are open and they pray, uh, but at the end of the day, that just leads them to pride. So they just look down on other people and think they're better than other people, or they get all these bulletins about how well they don't do enough and they never do enough and they never meet up. And, and so then they just feel super discouraged and guilty and beat down all the time as a religious person. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third type of person where really, and this, this is where I came to, what I realized is it wasn't necessarily church, even though church is a great thing and I encourage everybody to come because it helps you build a relationship with God. Right. But what I needed I realized was a genuine relationship with Jesus in the secret place. That it was just between me and Him. Uh, you have to have that because that is the place of power. That's where power exists. So there's spiritual people who have a personal relationship with God who draw their power source from God. And here's a big thing about churchgoers that I notice, man. And this really sort of, as a pastor, eats at me and my my life's goal. Is to get people into a position where they don't come to church on Sunday to be fed. Now, obviously, you do. You come to church on Sunday to be fed. But my point is, I think, and I may be wrong, but I do think that a lot of Christian people have almost no personal relationship with God through the week. But they come on Sunday to hear a spiritual word and to let basically somebody else pray on their behalf. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is, no, you need to develop a day-in, day-out relationship with God where you're connected with Him intimately throughout the day. You are drawing from Him as your power source, and He fuels you through the week to be on His mission, to have a word from heaven, uh, to be able to pray for somebody and a miracle take place. And then you show up on Sunday so full of the Holy Spirit that... The Word is going to feed you, yes, but you're available for God to use you if it needs to happen on that Sunday morning. Absolutely. And you're going to go to the altar, and you're going to pray at the altar, and you're going to see if anybody else is around there, and see if God won't give you a word for them and be ready to lay hands on them to bring healing or cast a demon out if you must. Now, I know I'm pressing into it a little bit more, but that's my whole point. Actively participate. Yes, you need... A relationship with God personally that I don't know about that nobody else knows about that isn't even connected to whether or not you listen to the small group podcast but you're feeding yourself and Jesus is meeting you in the secret place and you come out of that with a power that's where the power is found and so so many Christians in so many churches we actually walk in a powerlessness but we have such a far greater inheritance and that's what he's trying to move us into, is where we we know who the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. We're led by the Holy Spirit, and we've got a relationship with Jesus personally where we function from that, that power from the Holy Spirit. I mean, I remember I remember, man, I I guess that scripture, Acts one eight. But you shall receive power. That's what Jesus said. But you shall receive power, dunamis after the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me and i remember a moment in my bedroom man the night before i had went out and got drunk and partied and i was feeling awful because i didn't want to do it but i let my buddies talk me into it one last time and i went out stayed out all night came into my bedroom about 6 a.m and i wept on the floor and cried out to god and I said, God, if I cannot live the way your word is telling me to live, then I don't want to live any longer. Yeah. And when I said that, man, I'm telling you like a mighty Russian wind in the book of Acts, dude. The Holy Spirit flooded that room. Jesus, the eyes of my heart were enlightened. And I, I met G. Je- I I heard about Jesus. I read about Jesus. I said I knew Jesus. But then he became real to me. And I felt things breaking out of me and leaving me and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and instantly I, I went downstairs and my sister and her two friends were getting ready to go to work together or whatever it is that they were doing they were in school together at the same time and I immediately began essentially preaching to them at 6 a.m. after I was probably still a little bit inebriated from the night before but, but God broke that I'm talking about being addicted to pornography and it broke that morning being addicted to drugs and alcohol and it broke that morning And that's the kind of power that I'm talking about. And I'm talking about the power that the next couple of days I would be around my buddies afraid to talk to them about Jesus up to that point. That whole 11 months I've been dealing with that. I just I wouldn't even talk to them about what was going on in my life or talk to to them about Jesus. And when I would get around them, my heart would begin to pound Mm -hmm. and I could not hold it back any longer. I would have not done that were it not for the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through me. I would not be a preacher today. I would not be in ministry today. But the power of the Holy Spirit has compelled me to move in this direction. And and so that being said, yeah, we, we need a spirit-led life. We need the power of Pentecost, really, mm-hmm. to be poured out in our churches. Yeah, I guess the question that keeps coming to my mind,
0: and this came up in our small group last week, actually. Um, but essentially, you know, it's... It's kind of how you find the balance of what we talked about in the beginning of this chapter, like the the rat race of life, because there's so many people, because they could say, well, you know, you guys are in ministry full-time. It's easy for you, It's your, and it's what you do for a living kind of thing is to talk about these kinds of things and spend time in prayer and study and yada, yada, yada. And, like, how do you find the balance of, well... There's kids, there's ball games, there's, you know, work, there's all this stuff, and then there's um, church too, and then there's God, and it's like finding the balance of what's okay and what's not okay, and then uh, I guess that's the the question and the frustration that that comes to my mind, and it's, I guess, one of the things that I felt before I did dive into full-time ministry uh, was having God in these different categories of life. Uh, or not? Not God. God was a category in my life, he, and and I guess it wasn't all encompassing kind of thing. And and just the nature of life itself gets us. We get caught so deeply into a weekly, daily routine to where we just week after week, year after year, we neglect the the very thing we're talking about. Pressing, and it's simple things. And I think that's to to answer my own question. And you can expand on it more, but but spending time alone time with God, um, praying and reading, um, tapping into the power source in the quiet place, um, that becomes secondary to all the other stuff that we're chasing after. And it's like uh, yeah, finding balance seems it, – it was rough for me. It's still rough for me in ways. And, and for other people, I know it's rough too. So I, I know there's people out there with that question, like how do you find – how do you find that balance in the life that we live?
1: Yeah, and and, and here's the thing. I, what I'm about to say, I mean, will be convicting. But you know, I asked you and and Matt yesterday to go and listen to that sermon, A Call to Anguish, by David Wilkerson. And I'd recommend that whoever's listening uh, go and listen to it because it's like a spiritual defibrillator it's really gonna be more than you can handle. Mm. Honestly, when you listen to it, it's going to grieve you, it's gonna make you turn inwardly, almost, probably for some of you, it would make you angry, mm-hmm. because he's gonna call out things like your TV watching, and just do it, because what we do is we sit, and we, and we oh, I'm just so busy, I just don't have time, you know, and he's just like, no, what you're saying is, you've got idols in your life, and you're, <laughs> and you're not willing to actually put God first, what you've done is you've reorganized your life to where you put idols before God, yeah. and then you sprinkle some spiritual seasoning on once a week to make you feel good about the idols that you're actually worshiping. Mm. And I know that that hurts, and I know nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. But that's the reason we as Christians and, and churches remain powerless, and we don't have what the early church had yeah. because we're we're content with just being caught up really in a in a worldly system where we allow anything and everything to replace our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So it should never be how can I fit prayer into my life? It should always be no, I'm praying. How can I fit ball games into my life? Mm. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like why why is it we're trying to figure out how to fit prayer when it should be one. Yeah it should be one our the secret place with jesus should take second place to absolutely nothing and and i mean
0: yeah it, it's it's like how do we even get, get to that place
1: well i think i think it's, like it, i said we need, that we need we need a spiritual defibrillator we yeah. need a actual shock yeah. to the core of our souls that that makes us realize how fruitless and how pointless so many of the things in our life we have going are in comparison to that. See, you can have those other things in your life. They just can't be first. They just can't take the place of God. And, and, and that's, that's, the, that's the place where we're at in our relationship is, like I said, we just have allowed so many things to come in, and we're at a pace of life that is honestly ungodly. And you've got to ask the question, for what? What's what's the what's the gain out of it that we're all getting at this uh, at this particular pace of life? If you have to get up at five a.m., you know, we, you and I, I and I, see, I've been trying to stir my own self in this direction. These are the things that I've been saying to myself is the reason I'm saying them on this podcast. Because I would never want to say these things to people just like just to beat them up and make them feel bad we're not even that kind of a church like that's not our goal but i do think that even in my own life sometimes the lord comes along just to say just to say stern things like that to say clay there's so much more and you're wasting your time i know i know uh I quoted in our in our small group here just the other day that John Piper said, he, he's he got the quote, he said, you know, on that last day, the great day of the judgment, the one thing that Facebook and Twitter will, will be of great use for is to prove that prayerlessness was not for lack of time.
0: Hmm.
1: You got time. It's just what are you giving it to? And what do you put? So I don't know. I probably went further than you were looking for. <laughs> the no, no, that's, I guess it's
0: what I was um, searching for, just because it's, it's what the Lord's dealing with us on. You know, even like that, that sermon you talked about, What? there's a lot of things that smack you in the face when listening to that, but he was like, you know, you have your very families around you who need to be saved, Yeah. who are dying and going to hell. And does that not bother you?
1: Yeah. Are you? Do you even am think I even, about it? Am I, ha- I even burdened? Have by you that? even prayed a prayer this week for one lost individual soul? Right. I mean, and 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 again, these th- these things are heavy. But but ag- but what we need is just 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 to receive that word of correction in a sense. That calls us back to the Lord, because here's what I always notice. You can come up with a million excuses. I've come up with them myself. I've said, well, I don't have time. I yada this, that, that. No, you can, anybody that is listening, anybody with how many ever kids they've got. Susanna Wesley had 19 children. And when she was going about her work and daily life, she was a prayer warrior who birthed basically the second great awakening through her two sons. But they knew when she pulled her apron up over her head, don't bother mama, she's praying. Mm. And she'd spend two hours a day with her apron up over her head. Wow. And had 19 kids running around the house. You, you have the ability to do it. And she could have said, well, I just don't have time. I got 19 kids. Well, she, she said, no, I'm getting... I can't put my kids or anything else first. I put God first and they know when the apron's up over the head, I'm praying to God. Yeah. So, it's good stuff. And this is and that's yeah, like you said too,
0: just everyone listen. This is we're not here to beat anybody up. These are things that we're all wrestling with. And we have to talk about these things. We have to God has to bring them to light in our lives so that we can can we can grow from it and really take this thing serious.
1: Yeah. Um, so but, yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, and people will say, you know, are are you Pentecostal or whatever? He, you know, he's he's going to talk on page one one fifty eight. I, I am Pentecostal in in the sense that the the church was born on the day of Pentecost through the power of the Spirit. They were literally in an upper room praying together for ten days. Imagine doing that. Imagine being in an upper room somewhere with 120 people for 10 days, and you're just praying because God has given you a promise, and you're waiting on that promise. You know, on the s- fifth day, so, some people would have been like, "Y'all, boys, I mean, how like you going sit in the room like <laughs> there's, you know, there's a football game on today? Like, we gotta get out of here, uh, so, something like that. Yeah, whatever. But but they waited. The Spirit comes down, and and now the Holy Spirit is indwelling every believer in that sense but he comes in, in power and they receive the spirit in power and they come out and the same people that were afraid uh, because of the jews they're afraid they were going to get killed too and so they're hiding from everybody now they come out and Peter preaches the gospel and they're all like man what what's going on here how do we be saved and Peter preaches this message and he says this was what was written in in by, by the prophet Joel he said that in the last days I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters sh- shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and upon my, my handmaidens and my servants in that day I'm going to pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy they shall have a word mm-hmm. from the Lord that drives them to go out and, and proclaim the gospel to people. And this is what he, he talks about that if you look in the book of Acts every Christian what you see is they're either filled with the Spirit or they're having an encounter with the, where they are being filled with the Spirit. And when they're filled with the Spirit, they're moving in power supernaturally, prophesying, seeing visions, proclaiming the gospel with boldness, sharing their possessions with gladness, and seeing miracles performed in their midst. There's a supernatural element to the true life of God in the Spirit. And when we meet in church... And, and we don't have a sense of expectation that God is moving or God could move here in our midst, and He could break out to save souls, to heal bodies, to raise people up, and and to set people free, then we're missing something. We're missing a major element in the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I really
1: like the section
0: here, um, the person of the Holy Spirit because I think this is so true we don't truly know or understand the holy spirit because we kind of depersonalize the spirit um you know and and even go and that leads into even what you were talking about just then on the day of pentecost but um yeah I I I th- I think we just kind of forget a, about the holy spirit like we know the language but we I don't know for whatever reason it's just like we don't see the Holy Spirit quite like we do God or Jesus, in terms of Him being a person. Um, he's a you know the book says that He's He's a person with thoughts, emotions, plans, the power to fulfill those plans. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Counselor, the Helper, the Advocate. The Holy Spirit comes to impart life, implant hope, give liberty, testify of Christ. Uh, he guides us in truth. In all things, he gives us comfort and conviction of sin. Um, see, I thought that was a really interesting section too.
1: Yeah, I'd recommend. I'd recommend if you guys, you know, for you students that are willing to press in and super deep, go back in our podcasts. Uh, I don't know, it's maybe a year or two ago, and listen to a message specifically. It's called Spirit filled Jesus, and really what that's about is I break down biblically the fact that jesus came and he was god in the flesh but he didn't do what he did as god in the flesh he did what he did as a human being in right relationship with the father filled with the power of the holy spirit so what he demonstrates for us is that really the human life is to be lived in a way and so we would say the christian life is to be lived in a way where we're human beings and our first, first and foremost, what was Jesus' ministry to? The Father. He would go out and be alone with the Father. He'd w- wake up early in the morning to go be with the Father. And through that personal relationship with the Father, he became the anointed one and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and from there he received supernatural power. He resisted the temptations of Satan and when he comes back it says he returns in the power of the Spirit Mm -hmm. and immediately he begins to do miracles. He didn't do one miracle without the power of the Holy Spirit. Even when he was resurrected it says that he gave commandments to his disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit. He even said that I I don't do anything unless I see my father do it or I hear my father say it. And he did that through the Holy Spirit. It was the person of the Holy Spirit that was with him, enabling him to do those things. When he casted out demons, the Pharisees said, man, you did this by the power of Beelzebub. And he says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. So the way that he did all ministry, every healing, every healing, every exorcism, every raising of the dead was because the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit was on him. Now what he's saying is, is because I've died on the cross for you and my blood was shed to cleanse you, you have now become what? The temple of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. You are now the body of Christ on earth and Christ's body is anointed with the Holy Spirit to do the same works that he did. And so we're in a position now where through right relationship with the Father, because of the blood of Christ, we can be filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus corporately as his body in the earth. Yeah, that's what's in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through
0: 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Um. Yeah it it it's it's insane that that we you, you hear it all the time, you know that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is within us. Mm-hmm. But it, that's that's crazy to think about that we we have access to that and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, it it the potential that we have, I guess, uh, and, and when my, when I'm talking about these things. Of all the things that we we could do, not again, not us personally, but th- through partnering with God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the things that we could see, the things that we could tap into, if we would press into it, um, is mind blowing to me. Yeah. But we just, like you said, again, going back to the first of the chapter, we we get complacent. Yeah. And we just don't press into it other things take take the place of god
1: and all of those things need to be said i think any major move of god there was preparation for it there was a word from heaven even jesus preparing his disciples he said listen fellas you need to not go out he says but wait tarry in jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high and i mean that that would be that that's that's the word to us as a people it's like you need to come into the secret place with me You need to develop your prayer life. You need to lay some things aside so that you can rekindle that fire in the secret place with me. And in that place, I will meet you and I will pour out my spirit and I will fill you up and you will start to sense what it means once again to bear the fruit by abiding in me of true love true joy within, true peace, self-control so that you can resist the temptations and the addictions that you're bound to right now. The Holy Spirit will come. You'll have a breakthrough moment with the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. If you'll pray and fast and seek the face of Jesus, you'll have breakthrough moments where everything just becomes clear, where the power of God comes upon you, where things change and things break off. And then, and then listen, you'll... Prayer no longer then becomes just this boring discipline you got to ask yourself why why do you not want to be in the presence of of jesus why is it that you say well i'm just so busy well you've just not seen how good the presence of jesus is Mm. you know what i mean you've not i've never come out of a season of prayer and fasting even even as hungry as i am where i got done and said man i wish i hadn't done that right I've always said, why do I not do this more? Because I leave with a greater sense of the presence of God, a sharpened edge to my spiritual life. And yeah, it's a sacrifice, and yeah, it's bothersome to some degree when you do it to your flesh, but we're not called to live in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're called to walk in the Spirit. And so there's certain practices You know that he talks about there's a place in the scripture or in the book there where he talks about developing a rule of life and learning to practice the presence of God to find daily and weekly rhythms Mm -hmm. and 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 then you'll have breakthrough events that will happen in your life and so just for us one of the things that we're doing and shoot we will invite anybody else who wants to do it right now corporately in a corporate sense. We're praying and fasting on Wednesdays. This is just like me and Jeremy and maybe a couple other folks in leadership. But we're praying and fasting on Wednesdays. We're meeting at at, at 5 a.m. to pray at the church. And, and you let that bleed over. Pick a day. Do things like that. There's one day a week you can just get up an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then whatever. Even if you're like, oh, I got too much going on. I got to get my kids up at 3 a.m. to get ready. Well, if you got to do that, I guess just get up at two a.m. Yeah, because you're already up at three anyway.
0: Or just stay up. Yeah, my point. My <laughs> point, Yeah, just
1: stay up. My point is you can you can find something to do that will recharge your spiritual life. Yeah, and 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 find little weekly rhythms of, uh, and, and then even daily rhythms if you possibly can. He talks about cultivating short little pockets of presence where throughout your day. You know, when you're praying and fasting on a day, when lunch hits, you think about food. Well, you just go and you take a walk outside and you take 15, 20 minutes, and you just pray and talk to the Lord and let Him stir you, mm-hmm. and get a scripture in your heart. Meditate on that scripture, and you're creating little pockets of presence where you stop to create these these new rhythms of of worship in your life. Yeah. What's so wonderful about it is that it works. Oh man.
0: Uh, even within just the few weeks that we've been doing some of this stuff, and and you gotta think like it, like you said, it's only one morning that we've been doing that, fasting some meals, but like the fruit in my own life that I've already started to experience, it's just like my my senses in the spirit are just heightened. Yeah. The rest of the week, our Sunday mornings coming in here, there's just like a, a the the joy of the Lord is in that place. Yeah. Um, just in my own heart, and like it shapes everything. And it, and it's not this. It's not you know um, brain surgery to figure out. It's just taking some time and spending with the Lord. Even really like when simple. I've been praying, like sometimes I'm like, what do I what do I say? What do I pray for? I start to go through a laundry list, and sometimes the Lord's like, son, just just be with me. Just be near. Yeah. And and then then all of a sudden somebody will come to your mind. Uh, or, or this or that, and it's it, reading a scripture, sharing it with each other. Yeah, it's really really simple stuff. It just takes practicing them, yeah. you know. And I don't know, the sky's the limit. Uh, it's 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 amazing at, at what it can do. And like you said, I'm amazed at myself with how I let myself get out of rhythm. So well, often. Well,
1: we all do it, and I guess that's where I'll where I'll pull a punch because even know this that even the uh, the pastor you know what I'm saying, gets out of rhythm in life. And there needs to be a call back. And God's so gracious to us and so merciful. He doesn't doesn't ever stand there over us to say, golly, look at what you've done and how you've let your spiritual life slip. He's always just sitting there smiling with his arms wide open saying, look, I've just been sitting here waiting on you the whole time. And I'm ready to give you what I've always wanted to give you. If you'll just turn to me in this moment and come back to me and spend this time with me, I want to give you the power and the resources that i died for you on that cross to have yeah and you know one in closing one last thing he says here on page 166 philip yancey writes that the church exists primarily not to provide entertainment or to encourage vulnerability or to build self-esteem or to fill facilitate friendships but to worship god if it fails in that it fails The ministers, the music, the sacraments, every other part of what we're doing even in small groups or even in this podcast really serve as promptings so that you will have A personal, intimate relationship with God, and you will worship God in the spirit for yourself. That's what it's about. And when you come into church on Sunday morning, you come with a fire in your heart. You're not counting on me to stoke that thing. You already got one burning. And so when they start singing, you start singing with them. Mm. You lift your hands and you're open to the wind of the Holy Spirit that if He needs to use you on Sunday morning, He can use you on Sunday morning. And I mean, I never went to a church service, man, when I was preaching or not, where I didn't walk in and say, I I was prayed up that morning before I went to the church service to say, God, how you gonna use me this Mm -hmm. morning? There's probably somebody in here that nobody else will touch, somebody that you'll put a burden on on my heart for that I can go over to and pray and have a word in due season that may just break chains off their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, just to be ready like that. But when you have those daily rhythms, those daily practices, and I'm telling you, if y'all listen to me on this, you start implementing regular prayer and fasting and really getting in the Word in your life, those three things. Stay in the Word, get it in your heart, pray and fast. You will have breakthrough moments with God. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and do what He's never done in your life before, and you will have encounters with the power of God it's just it's just a given that's what the Lord wants to do he wants to he wants to pour his spirit out on us, and we just want we want to have some hunger mm-hmm. for those things and see God move so
0: the Lord's leading us into some
1: exciting places and it's uh it's awesome yeah well i i just in closing, Jeremy, I just pray that over our people. I pray that you know this is a word that obviously will have challenged you if you listen to it mm-hmm. uh It's challenging me, but I just really sense the Holy Spirit calling us into a deeper place. And so, Lord, I pray that over all of us, God, that you would give us a hunger for your word, for your presence, that you would draw us nearer, God, than we've ever been before. And I'm praying, Lord, along with all my brothers and sisters, that as we draw near to you, God, you would pour out your spirit on, on dry ground. And, Lord, you would pour out your spirit, you would fill us, you would set us free, and you would just bring us into the deeper things of God so that we could be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Well, guys, it's been good. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you on the next one.